0: Now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks internet radio broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Monax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J guys and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars, and now may never end.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J. Guys in Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Something Star Wars. In this episode, Obi-Wan and little Leia seek help on the planet though, but little do they know that Darth Vader is hot on their heels. There will be... The return of Black Metal Daddy, sweet droid babies, the the best worst character in all of Star Wars, and I'm curious to see if Chris has a meltdown over Anakin and Obi Wan meeting. We're talking about Obi Wan Kenobi Part Three this week. I'm Hope, and how you doing, Chris?
2: I'm doing good. How are you doing, Hope?
1: It's been a week. <laughs> It's definitely been a week i'm a little, yeah. a little tired a little a little cold but you know what i'm excited for bad batch tomorrow i'm excited for a legend of vox machina on thursday night i like all my shows are like in gear right now i, I
2: watched bad batch from last week last night after yeah Obi-Wan.
1: i i'm enjoying the season i actually just put out a video with my friend candace over on the Giggy Waffle YouTube, talking about Star Wars TV and the dreaded F-word filler. And it was a really fun 20-minute video um, of us I, talking I about how...
2: I think Bad Batch might be, like, a show that thrives more on filler shows. I like their filler shows. I don't know the, if it thrives more, but I do like their filler shows more than the other ones' filler shows.
1: But that's what we were saying. Uh, like, we we don't actually think that any of these are filler, because... Right. It's you moving never the characters. Yeah, because they're moving the characters along, like they're developing the characters. And like with an episode like Entombed, uh, which was the one that came out last week, it might seem like a filler episode, but no, the whole point of the episode is this is who Fee Genoa is, this is how she works, and it's the Bad Batch getting to know her. That's not filler, that's a character introduction episode.
3: Yeah. Like I just I don't know
1: why people are calling it filler. Like please that's, that's As nuts. soon as they
2: found that compass I go, Ooh, this is a little Raiders of the of the of the Bad Batch. And then about five minutes later I'm like, Oh, this is completely Raiders of the Bad Batch.
3: I have a and lot of thoughts
2: nice about little, that. Nice little uh <coughs> you know, get get everybody ready for the new Indiana Jones movie.
1: And also <clears throat> that compass is a fucking metaphor for the clones so it's thematically tied to him, them because yeah. Omega is using it as a tool and when it's done Fee says it served its purpose and now we move on and that's what the clones were they were tools to Palpatine so therefore now that Palpatine doesn't need them they've served their purpose and the whole point of the show is who the fuck are they when they're not being well, now, tools for now, now Omega's
2: thinking of like okay so how do they get reclaimed next Cause that's the next thing she was like, hmm, reclaimed.
1: <laughs> so yeah, like me, me and Candace did a twenty-minute video over on the Geeky Waffle. Just go look it up on YouTube. We had a fun, we had fun doing it, and I, I'm very proud of that video. We had a good time, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, and Legends of Vox Machina has been fucking lit. My asshole, like badass group is back. I love them. I'm having the best time with this <laughs> season.
2: Uh, <laughs> i, I... Just hope just when you say something's lit and then you say my asshole, the next thing it (laughs) sounds like you've been eating Mexican food or something. It's just like,
1: no, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. no. But no, they're a group of assholes who are brought together to save the fucking world. So, yeah, I'm having a fun time with this and people need to stop getting goddamn stabbed in that show, because if I have to end this week's episode on another cliffhanger where it looks like one of them is dead. I'm gonna be like Matt Mercer, fuck you, keep hurting me, daddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I
2: don't know what you, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm completely behind you on it.
1: It's on Plex. It's great. I highly suggest it. Grizz, go watch Legend of Ox Machina. I mean, we have we watch things legally over here at J Guys in general. Sure. We don't use streaming. We use sure. all the proper streaming services
3: yeah yeah
1: so i'm rich yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're all rich over here i'm,
2: I'm and, independently wealthy i don't care that's, yeah that's how i get to do podcasts <laughs>
1: we're rolling in doubt and not paying our bills with credit cards no not at all we're fine
2: oh it's it's great
1: yeah it's great. oh so good so good so how was your week chris
2: my week has is, is has been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Winter has set in here. It's cold. We're going to get in the negatives by the weekend overnight.
1: Ooh, negatives. Oh.
2: Yeah, eh, I don't care. I grew up even further north than this. So, I like my, I I just wish it was snowy. If it's if it's super cold and snowy, I'm not going to even care at all. I like if it stays negatives for a long time i'll i'll start getting grumpy about it but i got the clothes to i got the clothes to prepare for it it's just you just space suit up before you go out every day you just pretend you're 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 traveling to the moon
1: i just imagine the kid from uh christmas carol from
3: tiny
2: tim
1: Oh, sorry. I mean, Christmas story. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh,
2: Christmas story.
1: Sorry, wrong Christmas child. (laughs) No, no, sorry. Yeah, I know the the the, He's just like, mom.
2: (laughs) Not the kid with the crutch. The kid with his tongue stuck to the pole.
1: Yeah, well, the other kid. It's the the little brother, and the mom puts little brother. Okay, and he can't lower his his arms, and he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So. But otherwise,
2: I've I've had a pretty, pretty fun week. I I, I proposed a plan to my boss that would allow me to have to be to have a similar amount of hours, although slightly less, allowing other people to have more hours. But at the same time, getting me two extra days off, which would be really sweet. But, uh we'll see if it if it works into the schedule but uh that would be a that would be a nice nice plan extra time to to uh not that I have a job or need one but that that would add to my uh time to work on podcasts and clean my house and stuff like that do laundry pet my cat
1: oh my god i need to clean my house
2: <laughs>
1: i need <mean>, we're <laughs> in to you pick-
2: say oh my god i need to pet my cat
1: I did. I'm sure, well,
2: I'm sure there's plenty of time carved out to pet your cat. I'm sure the I, cat makes sure that happens. That's the I, thing is, you don't really have to carve out the time. You just leave the door open.
1: <laughs> I mean, sort of. I do owe her a pet because she was perfectly asleep on my lap about ten minutes before we started recording, and I had to wake her up it, and move her to kick to her, get her out. Her. <laughs> so I owe her a nice pet. So
2: she'll collect. <laughs> She'll collect.
1: Yeah. She knows. She knows she has me wrapped around her finger. Her new trick now is laying. She she only wants to eat her certain snacks of hers on my bed. So I have to pull out this little mat to put on top of my comforter to make sure it doesn't get food juice all over my fucking bed. Nice. And she will scream if she can't eat it any, anywhere else.
2: <laughs> she wants to get that food juice up there. To them, it's just a, it's, it's a it's a mark of friendship.
1: Yeah. The other night, um, actually last night, actually, she was eating on my carpet and I was like, I don't need the mat. It's fine. She doesn't, she's usually fine with this. And she like licked her lips and just happened to toss like one little piece of wet food on my carpet. And I was just like, oh, cat, like, that's not too bad. <laughs> and then when she, no, no. And then when she finished it, she stepped over the plate. Put her paw directly into the food, smushed it into my carpet, and walked off
3: and I was yep. like,
1: you bitch.
3: Yep. Yeah.
1: You yep. could have stepped anywhere else in the carpet.
3: Yeah.
2: Yep. Agents Ugh. of chaos.
1: They are. They are. Oh my god. Ugh. Anyway, you know who's also agents of chaos? The show that was not a good transition. This show is actually really good. There's <laughs>
2: yeah, a bit a good bit of chaos in the show. In this episode.
1: There, yeah, there was. And
2: in the show in general.
1: Did you like this episode?
2: I like this episode a lot.
1: Okay, because I know that the first time through you had some feelings about Anakin and Obi-Wan meeting this <laughs> so soon.
2: You see, here's the weird thing about this. This reminds me a lot of uh The Last Jedi. Because Uh, and disney has done it in several several other occasions that don't exactly spring to mind but last jedi is a a strong example of where um i remember and i believe it was probably it was because i know i i don't think i did a show leading up to it with scott gardner but we probably talked about it at the end of uh the force awakens and i i know you and i did a leading up to the j guy or to you know, Jake. I don't know if we did. I think we did a whole episode leading up to and I, I remember at least once stating all the things I did not want to see or have happen. And quite a few of them did and were and for and pretty much all of them were amongst my favorite parts of the movie. And it's the same with this, you know, I mean, I was. I think I think it was me and the hair metal hero were the two biggest grumps about like I don't you know they shouldn't meet. It just doesn't, it doesn't like story wise sh- shore up emotionally or and not even talking about our own emotions. In, in, in although those are going to figure into it as you know kids who watched that that you know the original Star Wars. But it just didn't seem to make you know. It just I just couldn't square it in my mind, you know how to how to have Obi Wan and Darth Vader meet or fight you know just meet in any sort of way, and have it have it not really mess up the dynamic of you know their their meeting in 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 Star Wars, but. That I that that you know, once it was gonna happen, I was like, Well, it's gonna happen, and then it was basically, I was like, You know, let's see what they're gonna do then. You know, I mean, it's you know, I mean, that was sort of where I was when they started the sequel trilogy. Of like, I remember Scott Gardner and I sitting down, going, Let's figure out how we would do a thing, and we were like, It's really there's just it's hard to come up with any kind of you know story arc. So I was at the same place here of like let's if they're gonna do they're 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 obviously gonna go ahead and do it. They have to because they own the property and it's like you have Obi Wan Kenobi and and you and McGregor wants to do it, they're gonna do it. And uh I I mean I was won over by this episode. I mean this is when I say this is a hot mess fever dream, now we're we're now we're this episode is hot fever dream. And uh, I thought that, like, what I liked about this episode, and I have some complaints about this episode, but what I liked about this, Th- this episode—this to I me has my... the
1: weakest per- production quality out of probably the entire series.
2: I, I don't know if to we me we get we yeah yeah we'll we'll get to that because I yeah I'm I'm sort of chafing against like that that phrasing of it but the more i'm thinking of it over the sec few seconds i'm thinking about it the more i'm like yeah yeah okay i I think probably i my notes will jibe with that but yeah i i uh i thought like on second viewing i would st- the uh the flaws that my brain was overlooking because i was like oh shit this is actually happening and uh and it's, pre- it's pretty well written it's it's actually really well written and and so, like my brain was my brain in a few of these episodes was in pure star Wars mode of where I'm like absorbing going, okay, what's happening? I'm ready for any you know whatever's gonna happen next. I'm completely locked into this in my star wars way and uh but no, I think I liked it better the second time
3: so yeah yeah
1: I, i'm really liking the show a lot like a lot on the second time i'm because it's really jiving with me and i, I always like the show the first time through but i'm picking up a lot more on like the thematic stuff going through and so yeah Yep. well that just actually took care of one of my notes because like one of my notes was oh, i know you had strong feelings about this coming like mm-hmm. coming off your first viewing so <laughs>
2: Yep, this is this episode was probably what made me go like, okay, I'm going to be engaged with this till the end. I, I'm in. I, I think I'm in pretty good hands.
1: Yeah. Dumb.
2: And yeah. it was like basically this was the second episode because we, you know, they put out the first two and everybody watched the first two like a movie. And then yeah. and then and then the next thing that happens is, boom, they're meeting and fighting. And you're just like, oh, what way? <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow, yeah, I mean, this it, is, is, this is, it happening. is technically like the middle part. Like the, this is the middle of the season and it should end with Obi-Wan on his lowest point, which he is. But it is a weird thing about like the episode drops. And like I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because a lot of shows have been doing this like hybrid episode drop. And I don't mind it sometimes like like Andor. I'm really glad that they dropped the first three episodes all at once because I feel like they kind of needed to. And like Bad Batch, the opening episode was a two parter this season. I, I thought that was fine. But like I'm actually running into this with Legends of Vox Machina. They're dropping three episodes a week. So we're, we just finished week two and we're already halfway done with the season. Uh-huh. And I have issues with that and here as well because I I personally like to mull on episodes I like to think about them I like to like live in the fandom experience I don't like rushing through this and like a lot more shows are taking on this kind of hybrid quality where they're not like dropping the entire season to binge but they're not going the weekly format either and I think it works sometimes and I hate it with Obi-Wan Kenobi I hated going into week two and we were already halfway done with the season like that bothers me, I, and I think it works well with longer shows, like like Bad Batch or or Andor, but I really hate it here.
2: It was hard. You see, with me, it was hard to even think about it as a season. It's it's
3: it's a mini series. It's a mini
2: series, and yeah. and and I'm a I I was I was I was okay with that because I was like, okay, it's like you know two and a half little little movies but i think i and or should have even gone further and just stuck them all together
1: <laughs> you know that's very really interesting <coughs> i did that have was moments just in a, Andor, just a,
2: so the dummies like me didn't get suckered into just watching the first episode and then waiting a week you know, or
1: I, I did. I did have a thought, though, about halfway through Andor, which I did kind of wonder if it should be released in arcs, which makes me a complete hypocrite to everything I just said. But you know <laughs> what? Fuck it. It's my show. I can be a hypocrite if I want to. Yeah,
2: you can be a hypocrite, <laughs> and I mean, it can be different for every show. I mean, it, it depends. You know, it, it is
1: that's I because that that's a good point. There's no
2: format for releasing them that's gonna fit every show. You know,
1: that that's that's a good point. I I do think it works better with others. Like, um, if Andor took on. Like uh, uh releasing three like three arcs at a time format, I think that would have been great. But the reason I don't like it with, say something like Legends of Vox Machina, is the the three episodes are not arcs; they're individual episodes. And uh, like it, it's an overarching story arc, but like I don't know, I, I don't know. It doesn't work for me there. So, what do you guys think, listeners? Leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. What What do you feel about like dropping episodes, episodic episodes? Dropping them one at a time, the whole season. I want to hear your thoughts on it. And when has it worked for you, and when has it not in Star Wars? So, well, you ready to get into it? I am. Take a drink. I should warn you, listeners, my notes are a hot mess, because I was running late today. So here we go. (laughs) Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3 aired on Disney Plus on June 1st, 2022. It was written by Joby Harold, Haseen Amini, Stuart Betty, and Hannah Friedman, and it was directed by Deborah Chow. Some extra information for you. Indira Varma plays Tala. Zach Braff plays Freck. John Rosencrantz plays Freck's costume performance. And Dustin Seathhammer played Ned B's performance artist. One of the names on the wall of the Path hide- Hideout was Quinlan Voss, who was a friend of Obi-Wan Kenobi's during the Clone Wars. They teamed up together in the episode Hunt for Zero and fought Cad Bane together. Quinlan first appeared in the Star Wars Republic series from Dark Horse Comics. Also, this wasn't the first indication that Quinlan was alive. Oh, sorry, I had a burp. In the Charles Soule run of Darth Vader, his name is also in the list of surviving Jedi that the Inquisitors are hunting. A lot of names of the Jedi survivors are from Legends or video games. One we did talk about last week being Valen Halcyon. The others are Din Atlan, uh, Ragonda Ismarin, and Nicholas Marr from the novel Children of the Jedi, Erika Zonder and Drake Lagan from the online web strips of- from 2004, Tiberius Anderlock from the Star Wars Galaxy game, Q-Ron from Jedi Knight's Night... Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, Ron Quota from the Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed, Sir Junda from Jedi Fallen Order and Fable Aston and Corwin's uh, Shelve from the role playing games of the 90s. Also, carved into the wall is the mantra of the High Republic era for light and light, for life and light, and as well as the symbol of the Jedi Order during that time. And finally, the oceanic headquarters on the planet Ner of the Inquisitors is called Fortress Inquisitorius. And it was first seen in the video game Jedi Fallen Order. And we'll definitely talk more about Fortress Inquisitorius next week. I have a lot of thoughts. I love it. I I and I, I just I just wanna hang out there and hang out with my evil people that I love so much. So by the way, Yoda. <laughs>
0: Yes, I got a message. he is here, always watching, always I looking. Got,
1: I got a message from our good buddy, Bucho. Bucho! I know, it's been a hot minute since we've seen Bucho and Robbie. But uh, Bucho reached out to me after hearing about uh, our Tales of the Jedi episode. And he was like, I see why Yaddle hasn't been around for a while.
0: Not for a while. No, no sign of Yaddle anywhere. Maybe on vacation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. hmm Maybe going and doing some bullshit like Yaddle always was doing. Dumb stuff. Yes.
1: Maybe she's six feet under something?
0: Maybe in a cavern exploring or something. Yeah, sure. Maybe, Maybe. she's
1: taking a dirt nap?
0: Oh, Yaddle yeah. loved the dirt, yes.
1: Was that like a spa I mean, treatment? I Yaddle
0: loves the dirt.
1: Maybe she's hanging out with some worms?
0: Mm, many worms were friends with Yaddle, yes. Many mm. Jedi worms there were.
1: Mmm. I see. I see. Mmm.
0: Yes. Everyone misses Yaddle. Mm. Yeah. Sad. Sad,
1: sad indeed. Mm. Well, I had a question for you, Yoda.
0: Yeah, a question for Yoda. Yes. Very <laughs> wise is Yoda.
1: I, I was just curious. Um, Because of not, this episode. Huh?
0: Nope, Nothing. Nothing. Not a murderer, Yoda.
1: Well, we're actually going to be talking about another murderer this week. Ooh. So in this episode, Obi-Wan runs into Darth Vader. And I was just curious, what would you do if Darth Vader ever came after you and you had to face him?
0: Oh little oh, oh, Annie. Say hello, Annie. Whoa, smile, Annie. Remember Yoda used to smile in, in class with you? oh. What's the matter, Annie? Oh, out will come the sun tomorrow, and (laughs) Yoda always used to tease, tease him.
1: Are you saying, are you saying that Anakin is Darth Vader?
0: Spoiler: (laughs) Yoda knew all of that. Yoda knew. um, Yoda knew everything. Clone Wars. Did you not watch? That is true. Everything. Saw it all because Yoda watches. Yoda just goes and sits in the room in the corner, watches all those episodes Yoda was in. Just the trick is don't go in front of camera. Yeah.
1: I actually forgot about that. That was Chris's main theory when we were covering Clone Wars, was the that Yoda wise, knows everything.
0: Wise theory, yes.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. That was Super Chris's main theory. smart
0: theory must be very smart person. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to let you go because I heard that, you Super know.
0: Super cool person must be, yes.
1: And very cool. Well, I am gonna let you go because, and, and you okay. know what? If some people come by and knock on your hut door asking about where Yaddle is, it's normal.
0: Maybe, maybe Yoda won't be around. Maybe Yoda'll be out knocking on a hut door.
1: <laughs> oh, gross! There he goes. Well, you
2: set him up for an exit, so.
1: I know. Thank God.
2: You could have done it ten minutes ago, but that's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I must say, uh, I didn't get a chance to do feedback this week, but then I rem- remembered that our good buddy Bucho reached out to us. So, Bucho, we love you. We miss you. We need to have you and Robbie on the show soon. Miss you guys. So, thank you for reaching out about Yattle. So, they're such good guys. I miss them. Chris, we need to get together with Bucho and Robbie again.
3: Yeah.
2: We got to find out what, what topic they want to come in on. I don't care what topic it is. Yeah. Got to got to get something they're going to have fun with though.
1: Yeah. Those are good guys. So, anyway, you want to get into act 1?
2: I am ready for act 1.
1: Oh boy, this was I had no idea where to cut stuff.
2: Yeah, no, it looks like I I just did a quick little spin through before and I think we uh I think we cut right around the I just I just do a little like rough math in my head (laughs) minus end credits and and uh last week and go like okay and it's usually there's usually something some sort of change in this one it was every like 13 minutes or so
1: yeah it was about that and and it helps that the whole opening was just like a minute of vader getting dressed so So that was like a minute. So that's Nobody's why there's only.
2: Nobody's about that, actually. I,
1: I'm not. I'm not. It's Black Metal yeah. Daddy, and he's here. So, anyway, Act One.
2: Act One.
1: So coming off the last week and finding that his Padawan slash brother slash son is still alive, Obi Wan is freaking out, man. And he's like crying out to Qui Gon. He's like, "Qui Gon, I need help." And all he hears is like the the AOL. Login symbol, just like (laughs) And Obi-Wan's like, that's not helpful Master, I really need help Because, as he's doing this, and freaking the fuck out Anakin is just like, hi, I'm Toast Daddy, but now I'm in the oven And I got burnt, so it's time to put on my Tuesday suits and become black metal <laughs> daddy.
2: I'm just picturing him popping up out of the back to take like po- toast. He's like, Bing! Bing!
1: <laughs> he is to. I should probably explain this for any new listeners. So if you're new, I have you guys probably know I have nicknames for characters I like. So like, Grand Inquisitor's Grande Boyfriend threw on his blue bando. and Anakin Skywalker is Toast Daddy. And the reason he's Toast Daddy is because he is a very lovely thing of white bread. Who then gets put into the toaster, and he gets stuck in there, and then the toaster sets on fire, and he's burnt, and then he's stuck in the toaster, which is now his tomb, which makes him black metal, Daddy. <laughs> Welcome to JHS and Jedi, if you're and new.
2: Luke, Luke Skywalker comes comes along and scrapes the scrapes the carbon off him, so that he's at least butterable. He uh,
1: brings along the uh, screwdriver to uh, unscrew the toaster so he can get the bread out. So, oh yeah. yes,
2: yeah. Yes. Anyway, okay. That okay. We sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm dapping out this metaphor.
1: It's fine. So, Blackmail Daddy is all like, "Oh yeah, let's fucking go," and he is all He's like, "I love my palace. I love being evil, and it's time for some schemes." And he shows up. And he calls Riva and Riva's just like, we are sending out all the probes looking for him, and it was all Grande boyfriend's fault. And Vader's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be way more tactical than I ever was when I was Anakin. You should absolutely get a promotion. That sounds great, Riva. I mean, of course, you know, if you fail, you're gonna die, but I see a potential in you and becoming the new Grand Inquisitor, and she's like really and he's like really go get him go get him and she's like okay bye and she like runs off and vader's like "Ah, oh, i love a good scheme that will show up like an episode or two from now was that good grande and grande pokes his head and I'm like that was good sir and they're like all right let's go so anyway back with the good guys They've been on this transport forever, and Leia's just like, Oh my god, I'm so fucking bored. And Obi-Wan's like, Oh my god, I am so freaking out. And she's like, I'm not here for your problems, old man. And she asks him what the Force is like, and he's just like, It's like a nightlight in the dark, and it feels safe and comforting. And she's like, That's nice. I wonder why I feel like that sometimes. And he just kind of looks at her, and she just kind of looks at him, and he's just like, Leia, are you? And she's like, Yes, I am a child. I like lights, And he was just like, oh, okay, good. Because I thought you were saying you were Force-sensitive. <laughs> that might be crazy. Anyway, I fixed your droid. And she's like, Lola, you're alive! And Lola's like, I'm still not memorable. Anyway, so they land on the planet Lapuzo. And, you know, it's fine. It's a planet. It looks like Southern California, because of course it is. And they sneak off the ship. And they're running along the Southern California plains, and Obi-Wan's starting to get all fussy again, because I lost my spot. Oh, my, like, three spots. Where were they? Oh, and, and he's all getting fussy again, because uh, he's starting to see, like, visions of Anakin, and Anakin's just like, Obi-Wan, I'm over here! And he, like, waves at him, and he's just like, hi! I am haunting you! And Obi-Wan's like, fuck, I'm messed up right now. And so we have to, because Obi-Wan's like freaking the fuck out in the desert, gotta go back to Hot People Town, aka Fortress Inquisitorious. And all the Inquisitors are like, "Like, okay, let's follow the rules and go get this. But like, Riva kicks in the door and she's like, we gotta send out some probes. She walks over and she's like, I'm in charge of this. Send out some probes you guys all suck. Reva wins tiny victory to me. And fifth brother and the fourth sister are just like, we're not gonna be helpful. We're gonna be petty bitches. Cause of course we are. And we're gonna get all up in your way and take credit. And she's like, oh, is that right? And Reva leans in. She's like, cause these orders are from Lord Vader fuck you. And the fifth brother, like, flicks her off, and then she flicks him off, and then they just do this whole, like, uh, uh, you suck, and they're just, like, throwing birds at each other. And, 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 you know, long story short, the fourth sister's like, well, if you guys... I'm just gonna send out the probes. She hits the button, and the probes go out to go find Kenobi and Leia. Blum, bum bum What'd you think of Act One?
2: I liked Act One a lot. Um, visually, and like rhythmically rhythmic editing editing and just little tiny set piece wise the probe launch is fucking cool it's 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 just a great like forward momentum little bit of cinematography and editing and it just looks really cool um i mean anakin steals the show in this one like Oh yeah, there, there's there's the that. The
1: getting just, scene is so good.
2: It's 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 pure body. It's like a Cronenberg body horror when the spine link goes in and the skin's just sort of like around it. And then when you see Seventh Seal, Anakin, you know, in his robe and all pasty, looking like uh, death in in uh, uh, Bill and Ted, uh, bogus journey. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's just awesome. And this, okay, this, this is obviously, like, for the episode where Anakin and Obi-Wan are, are fighting, it's, it's definitely weirdly... Kind of you can tell it might not be a b- bigger budget show. There's a lot of t- there's a lot of TV-ish stuff in here. But they sort of just sort of meld of uh, you know, meld the 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 cinematic aspects and the TV aspects together. And they make it, they give it the feel of like maybe a clone, like Clone Wars animation style or some of the, the, the Rebel stuff with the, with the Inquisitors like in the caves and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's where the darkness, you know, I mean, like, obviously the sets, the sets are bland in this one for some reason, but it works because of the writing and the, the there's there's good direction the the acting everything every everything's on point even though like some of its low budget there isn't there aren't those moments of tv-ness like in the last one where you could tell Le- Leia was running in circles because that's all she could mm-hmm. do in the vo- on the volume set you know it, you don't get as much of a feel for that on this it's it's sort of working more in the limitations of it and uh, uh and like I'm going to be kinder on the darkness because I've got my new monitor and I can, I've got it set so where like it's 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 looking okay but yeah this definitely the mutedness of it works for this episode
1: you you want to hear me again what's it be a slight hypocrite sure. I don't I don't mind the darkness of act 3 only because because I, I mind it in other yeah. shows because like it's there to like mask like stunt doubles and effects and stuff like that. Here it's a horror movie.
3: Yeah. The
1: darkness is hiding the monster. And it's and,
2: not and it's not that toned down, we've like we've turned down the light in this what we filmed. It's it's there to be disappearing in and out of the darkness, and it's cut with lightsaber light, which yeah. is horrifying in this.
1: And the light, the lightsaber light is almost more detrimental because you know, like when you're like near a light, it almost kind of blinds you outside your peripherals. Yeah, it, it's like that because anything outside of that light, you're not gonna see it. And there's like the the there's just one shot where like Obi Wan comes around the corner. And you don't see Vader's you just see like the glowing buttons of his chest and, you know, he's there in the darkness. Yes. yes. Like I so I don't mind the darkness in this episode because it's used for the exact effect it should be used. For. Well, we're
2: never you're never going like what the hell is going on here in this episode? You're never like like what? Where? Where are they? What's who's where? What's what? And I was expecting. Well, we'll get. I'll, I'll get on this more when we get to the, the other acts, actually. But that's all I really have for, for Act One. I thought it was, I thought it was nice. The stuff with with Leah's nice. I, I I like, and and I'll fill in as it goes along. But we're starting to see she's getting tired and cranky and probably a little hangry, and she and she's starting to be a kid. She's starting to st- hit the 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 limitation. She's starting to be like, okay, I want to go home now. <laughs> I re- I re- like I've been having adventure. I'm ready for it to be over now. You know, I'm I'm scared. I'm you know, she's you know, starting starting to feel more like a kid, which is which is good because yeah. she is Leia. She is little Leia, and she is, but she can't be a mini adult. You know. Exactly. She, I mean, she can be, but it would be weak writing. So, she's starting like she's starting to get tired, and 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 now and God love it, love the modern day. One of the things to love about modern day is like I can listen to. I, I was I was listening to the Obi Wan soundtrack, and like listening to the John Williams Obi Wan theme, and like okay, it works as a general theme for Obi Wan but it, it also works as a as an analog of the show of just sort of an illustration of the whole arc of the show where when his music starts it's out of time there's a little time thing where the count of the you know the the forward movement of the obi-wan thing is 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 jumping in awkward and it keeps going and it keeps going. And as after a while, it starts going in time, but it's slower and it starts picking up energy. And it's just like Obi-Wan in this show. Every episode is a different stage in him, you know, basically busting out of his PTSD (laughs) and getting more like in, you know, back in tune with the force and in, in everything and yeah and this one this one lines up beautifully and now that I think about what comes forward it's all just sort of a progression of that mm-hmm. but done with that John.
1: speaking of busting out of his PDSD um, right. what do you think of Obi-Wan's visions of seeing Anakin like across the desert
2: well it's funny when when you were talking about it in the in the in the summary i i i thought like yeah it's it's i mean it's the equivalent uh, of an illustration of like if you're watching a movie about any kind of vietnam veteran a gulf war veteran you know iraq veteran you know any of any of our myriad of veterans we have you know having that moment where you know they they see something and then they look away and look back and it's gone you know Mm-hmm. and i it, it, i mean in this it's it's also it's metaphorical and it's literal because vader's locked on to him a little obi-wan's used the force a little bit and now he has a he has a triangulation on him and just enough to get into his head you know so it's literal and metaphoric at the same time it can be taken both ways and it's fine both ways and it's it's really cool
1: so I I agree because that is my like surface thought that like this is kind of like a PDSD. He beat the <laughs> reaction. Yeah, like this is kind of like a PDSD reaction. But the more I thought about it, I I realized that Obi-Wan has never seen Vader, has never seen Anakin in the Vader suit. He does not know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. This is his first time seeing it. So I and and when he looks and sees the Anakin vision. Obi-Wan's follow-up line is something along the lines of, like, we gotta go. Like, it's a warning. And so I I don't, I started to not really think of it as much as Vader locking in on him. Now that Obi-Wan is opening up to the Force, I almost feel like it's the Force warning him: like, you need to go. There's, like, he's coming. It and, it, could,
2: it could be the force warning him. It uh, it also could be a sign that like, the side of Darth Vader that is is stalking him is not Darth Vader. It's Anakin. You know. Yeah. Which is why the Emperor doesn't like that. He gets stinky nosed about it later.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I that's that's what I kind of am taking it like. It, it's a little bit of both. But I I like the idea of the force showing him like this is what's coming for you. But because he's never seen Vader in the suit, he doesn't see Vader. He sees Anakin because that's the only like, t- like vision yeah. he has of it. Yeah. So, um, let me shoot out through my little notes. I've always loved Mustafar. Yeah. Always loved God Mustafar. Um, I like how angry it is though. Uh, you know, it's because in rogue one. It's sort of chill, but here it's a little bit more bubbly and angry. Cause like he's angry. So it's like the planet is a mood. Um, I, I always dig Fortress Inquisitorious too. I will say I've never played Jedi Fallen Order. I know, yell at me, I'm the worst. Um, uh, but what I've seen of Fortress Inquisitorious and Jedi Fallen Order, I really liked, but I also like seeing it here because this was really my first like real time experiencing it. And I like that it's like underwater. It's just a cool scene. It, it's, it's the opposite of the lava and it's like water. So it's a different kind of thing. So yeah. Um, I think those are my only small notes, so back to the top. <laughs> I might sound crazy with this one, but roll with me for a second. So one of the fun things about J.G.S. and Jedi is we watch the series like knowing what's going to happen. And so knowing the plot that Grande is okay, and Grande and Vader are both playing Reva, and they're both aware of this— I kind of like this scene of Vader talking with Reva because it kind of feels like he's starting that setup, and he's kind of oh, smart yeah. here because he knows that he's probably been in contact by now. Like probably by now, Ground Day has been like crawled to a phone and is just like. Sir, I think he's they're playing the stab other stab brother
2: a little bit too. They're, they're oh. letting the other brother just like play into it too.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and like, I'm sure Grande's already called Vader by now. I'm sure they've already planned this out because in like two episodes, when Grande pops out and goes, hello, like they're on the same page, Grande and Vader are. and But I think they're both starting to be like, okay, she's going to flesh out Obi-Wan for us and do all the work for us. And Grande wants to get back at Reva. Vader wants to get Obi-Wan. So it's a nice little ruse because... Vader yeah, for is,
2: Vader, everybody's flushing out everybody else to, you know, and to, it works for him, you know, it all in the end, it works for him. And like, and, the, and the Emperor is just like, ah, ha, ha, I'm using Vader to like, <laughs> I'm using Vader to get all these guys to fight each other. And, you know, meanwhile, we'll, we're killing some Jedi in the meantime. But like, and I get to watch and they all fight. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> Look but, at them fight.
1: But like most of the time, Vader, because because it, it's also Anakin Skywalker, he kind of just doesn't give a fuck most of the time. He just kind of wants to do his own thing. He's got so, his eyes
2: on on whatever prize is the prize.
1: Yeah, but the time but he, in his head. He, let me let me finish let me finish my point. Uh, like most of the time he doesn't give a fuck about like the inner workings of like who is trying to one up who and like what is the politics going. He just fucking just does his thing. So what's interesting in this scene is that he is almost nice to Reba. Like he still threatens to kill her, but he's also just like, here's your job promotion if you succeed, which is not a Vader thing to say. Normally, so I like it because it is in a way setting up that ruse between that him and the and grande pull off in like two episodes because it's almost nice. Yeah.
2: well, he's like a celebrity. if you start like a, a mysterious select an intimidating celebrity, but he's going like, hey, you know, game gain, you're gaining you're gaining my favor. you know, keep keep going and they'll they'll be good things for you and people just you know that will wash a and and as we learn later, Rivas probably got a whole love hate relationship with everybody in the world in, the, in this. But at the same time, that's gotta just like that's gotta put batteries in your in your back, you know. And mm-hmm. and he and I mean they all I mean they, anybody above the Inquisitors know that they're they're all gonna be fueled by you know by either they they're, they're pr- not as much reva with her pride but she if if you if you think if if you can make her think that she's going to get something that's going to uh, fulfill her goal which is not as much the same goal as the other inquisitors which is moving forward moving forward for her is just a means to her end which is like getting obi-wan kenobi so I think he's figured that out long ago and is just like, yeah, yeah, he's 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 using his lessons he's learned from from Palpatine over the years.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Not saying Anakin Skywalker is dumb because he's not. He's he's very smart. He's a general and a tactician, but he can be very dumb. (laughs) He has that nice balance. So it's nice to see him actually be smart for once. Uh, he's smart as
2: long as it doesn't come to whatever he's emotional about and then he gets dumb dum uh, dum. he gets
1: dumb
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> i like the little scene of Obi wan explaining the force to to leia because um i i, I the, the thing i'm wondering though i can't remember it's been a hot minute since i've seen episode three he doesn't know she's force sensitive does he or
2: does I he? think I think he's gonna assume that she is because she's Anakin's daughter. He's gonna assume she's probably super powerful.
3: Because
2: he's aware
1: but, of Luke. He's aware Luke is force sensitive.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, you can just assume both of them are gonna be force sensitive. But at the same time, that I think all uh, 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 they all want them to be sort of low key on it too. So he, like. And and he didn't describe the force to her. He as much as he. She asked the question, "How does it feel?" So he described how it felt. So which was you know it was it was a really neat subtle scene you know. So he didn't. Yeah. He didn't have to start. He wasn't like giving giving her anything that was almost like a foundational le- lesson as much as just answering a question in a very like. To a child manner like like any jedi would do if any child asks them what, how does it what does the force feel like you know mm-hmm. and and he probably doesn't want to describe it too directly <laughs> with her because it would probably she would you know at being leia she would figure out be like oh and start figuring out shit really quickly yeah so It was it was a very that 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 is what really, I think, binds this episode together for me is the writing is very well thought out in this episode. It's very there's nothing is wasted writing wise in this episode. Story wise or character wise or arc wise, story arc wise.
1: And then my next note, there's a moment where Leia is walking with Ben along the Southern California roads and she says this line, and she thinks that the empire is supposed to be helping people, and she's confused by that. She's like, "I thought they were supposed to be helping people." And I really like that because that's yeah. a Balrogana move. He has put in his daughter like the very basics of like, yeah, the empire is nice. It's great. Your dad works as a senator for the empire because it's protecting her. You know, if if. Because she's not ready to know about the rebellion and all that stuff. If he filled, she's still her, just if he filled
2: her in too too early, she would she would not be able to to keep a lid on it. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I really like that scene because it shows Bale's work. Um, but I like the follow-up from Ben, too. Because he says that people like Bale or Ghana, and, and we see Mon Mothma and Andor like this as well are trying to use the imperial tools against them. You know they're trying to work the Senate in a way to slow the spread of fascism, to still try to help people with the power they have. And i that that's a very Jedi thing. you know, if you if you think back to what Yoda told um Ezra uh, in I think their second meeting in rebels. He tells Ezra, it's not about not fighting, it's about how you fight. So yeah, Bell and Mon Magma are technically imperials. They're imperial senators, but they are using their power to try to save themselves. And Tala does that too. Tala is still working in the Empire because she knows she can use that status and that position to help people. That's what Callus does in like later rebels when he's still like an undercover agent. And I and so I, I like this kind of theme that's permeating within all these shows of just like the people who are stuck in the empire. How are they using imperial tools to help people?
3: Right, right,
1: um, especially,
2: especially at this point, you know
1: mm-hmm. This next point, I think I think. Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze brought up this point. Charles, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, or somebody else, but I know I heard this on a podcast, and I think it's very interesting, so I wanted to note it here. When Reva and the fifth brother are arguing, and he uses the force to kind of, like, flatten her on the table, when she stands back up, she touches her stomach, and the camera goes to show her touching her stomach, too. And that's a very interesting moment, because that is where she was stabbed by Vader as a child. And I think, I think, because I don't remember if it's how it happens, but I think later on when Vader stabs her again, he also stabs her in the stomach.
2: It's very, uh, yeah, it's close enough. It's a, and, and, and like, stabbing in his stomach is also like a painful Maybe you'll die. Maybe you won't die. Way of lightsabering someone when you can just go up a few inches and stab them through the heart and they're dead. You know, and they're finished off. It's a it's a more like angry <laughs> sort of way to kill someone with a lightsaber. But it's close, like thematically for a mo- for a movie or TV show, it's the same place. You know, it's it's the same place. Gets I, her in the guts.
1: But I don't know why here. Why show it here? And I, I don't have an answer that that like why show it, like, and the only thing I can I think, think of is they're setting up. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think because we find out that he stabbed her. It's a, it's either next episode or the episode after it. Um, it's, it's like Harry of,
2: Potter's scar.
1: Yeah. So, but I I thought that was an interesting little point. And my last note for Act 1 um, is not actually about Act 1. It's just in general about the Kenobi show. And I thought it was really interesting. So I reread Obi-Wan's words. And in either it was either the end of Episode 3 or in Rebels, he gives a speech. And I wanted to reread this speech because I find it really interesting in contrast to the series. So Obi-Wan's speech is... This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen with a dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder to any surviving Jedi. Trust in the Force. Do not return to the Temple. That time has passed. And our future is uncertain. We will each be challenged. Our trust, our faith, our friendships but we must preserve. And in time, a new hope will emerge May the Force be with you always. What I find really interesting about that speech is he lost all that. This episode is very showing that he is not trusting. He didn't trust Haja last episode. He he was bitching about Haja in this episode because he's like, he led us astray. He is learning how to regain his faith. He is learning that his friendships didn't die when he gets to the safe house. He is learning how to make new friends. And I just and I found that really interesting. And the whole time he's protecting a new hope being Leia. And so so it's really interesting how that he lost the path of his own words from that speech he gave 10 years ago. But he's starting to come back to reclaim who he was when he gave that speech.
2: Just like the John Williams theme, yeah, he's 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 almost. But like, like like the Inquisitors are saying, he's he's still like, he's still he's like zombie Obi Wan Kenobi. He's still his body is still like saving the girl. You know, he's still he has to do it. He has to do it. He's not there. His heart is not in it. He's frazzled and fucked up, but he's doing it. And once he's doing it, he's doing it. And once he starts doing it, it's he can't, he he's going to have to be like, okay, <laughs> I have to I have to I have to you know I have to use the force. I have to you know I have to. Oh, he has to own himself. You know, he has to get past it and be himself.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So I just thought that was interesting. It, it came yeah. across my dash and I was just like and I was reading the speech. I was like, huh, that, that, that's really fitting the show we're going through right now. So yeah. I just thought it was interesting. So that's all I have for act one. Did you have anything else?
2: No, I'm surprised they didn't use that. I didn't su- surprise they didn't use that in the first the first episode over the uh, the the episode three parts of the you know last time on star wars
1: (laughs) you know it's it's funny because i think not like the i i mentioned it's episode three but i actually think it was in rebels that we heard it for the first time
3: yes um because it's kanan's yes
1: and and they don't have anything from animation in that flashback and it would be james arnold taylor's voice not ewan mcgregor's which james arnold taylor is a very good ewan mcgregor
3: yeah
2: it's fine yeah
1: but I, i i would I'm probably a I
2: interchange them in my mind.
1: Yeah. Act two. I'm ready. Act two. So Leia and Ben get to the meeting place and guess what? No one's there. And Ben is immediately just like, oh, that Haja played us. Woe is us. This is horrible. Everything's falling apart. You're hungry, I'm tired, I'm seeing visions, this all sucks. And Leia's like, uh, I guess I will take charge now. Hey look, a truck, let's wave it down. And he's just like, no, we can't trust anybody, especially stranger dangers. And for once, Ben Ben is right, because we meet Freck, the best worst character in the show. I love to hate this guy. He's great. And Leia walks up and she's just like, Hi, sir. We're lost and stranded and we need a ride. And here's my cute little kid eyes. And Freck's just like, Oh, hi there, little girl. I'm just a friendly guy. You know, nothing's great wrong with me. And I will be more than happy to give you my hospitality and give you a ride. And Leia's like, thanks. But as they're climbing into the back of the truck, Obi-Wan stops because he has... If you've ever seen a bumper sticker on a car of the organization that you don't believe in and the chill that runs through you knowing that the person in that car would probably fucking hate you, there's an Imperial symbol on the back of that truck. And Obi-Wan's like, oh, fuck. So they sit down and Obi-Wan's like, well, at least we're just getting a ride. Surely this can't get worse. And then... They pull over because a bunch of stormtroopers come along. And Obi-Wan's like, fuck. And he's like, no, my name's Freck. He's like, thanks, Freck. Thanks, it's fine. And the stormtroopers climb on. And they know Freck. They're all just like, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? He's just like, oh, you know, just loving this peace and order. And they're like, yeah, well, we're looking for a Jedi. And Freck is like, oh, no, well, I hope you find him. I would hate to have peace and order disrupted and the stormtroopers are looking at the at Obi-Wan and they're like, hey have you seen a Jedi? and he's like, no, no, me and Luma here, my daughter uh, we're just visiting some family and just passing through and we're just trying to get back home and so yeah, like Leia's mom, this is where I met her and it's great, and they're like, wait, wait, wait you just said her name was Luma and then you you said that It was Leia and Ben just like, ah, ah." and then everybody hope cries because he starts talking about Padme and the show again is screaming Padme rights. And he's talking about, it gives me such Padme feels and he tells Leia all about her mother without actually naming her because he's like, her mother's name was Leia. When I see her, I see her mother. And she was a strong, amazing woman. And she was powerful. And I, and she was awesome. And I adored her. And a, yeah. And Leia's just like, hmm, noting all this for later. And the stormtroopers are like, okay, this is fine. And they hop out and they keep on driving. And Leia's just like, you knew my real mom. Are you my dad? And ben, and ben is like, no, I'm I'm not your dad. I may have a son named Quirky with Duchess Satine cries. That's a fan theory for another day. That might be my kid. But you are definitely not my daughter. But I knew your mom, and she was awesome. I also kind of, like, sort of remember my family. And, and like, Leia's like, cool, because I kind of remember my mom. Like, I have these brief things, even though I was, like... Five minutes old but you know we have to make this mashup with return of the jedi when i was like yeah i remember my mom even though i was five minutes old and ben's like that's weird anyway so they arrive at an inspection station and ben's like freck can we get out first and freck's like oh no it's fine i know these guys they're my friends because we all love peace and order here And Freck gets out and walks over to the troopers, and he's like, Hey, stormtroopers, you should check out my passengers. They're kind of weird. And the troopers are like, Thanks, Freck, for maintaining the peace and order. We will most certainly not subjugate you in the coming years. And Freck's like, I trust that. And they make Leia and Ben get out. And a probe droid's coming over, and it's starting to scan Ben's face. And then they fight, and he shoots the probe droid, and he shoots the troopers, and one trooper gets Leia, but Ben is real good, and he shoots the trooper, and they try to run away, but more troopers show up, a whole three of them, and with them is a hot imperial lady named Tala. And Tala comes up behind her troopers, stares down Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then she shoots her stormtroopers in the back, and Ben and Leia are like, what is happening? And Tala's just like, hi, I'm Tala, one of the best characters in this show, and I'm your contact. Let's get the fuck out of here. And Ben's like, uh, yeah, cool, sounds great. And they follow her. But uh-oh, that probe droid got a good look into his face because now the Inquisitors knows exactly where Ben and Leia are. Bum, bum, bum. What'd you think of Act 2?
2: I like Act 2. Also,
1: this is my favorite act of the, of the episode.
2: Well, remember, we were talking about how Leia, like she, you know, she's a little little kid and stuff, but she's going to like and Bail Organa doesn't really want to tell her too much about how the Empire works because she's a little kid. But she's also Leia and she would be like, we have to fight, you know, fight that. And she's going to say something in front of the wrong person. But like I'm sure they know that as she gets older, you know she'll start seeing stuff and figuring it out themselves, and then they'll have a talk with her and be like, "Look, you know, ixne on the akitay about think, it." But
1: I think that is covered in the book Leia Princess of Alderaan. Is mm. when it, like she's like 14 or something like I I, I have not read Princess Leia yeah. Alderaan. It's on my list because it's Claudia Gray, and I love Claudia Gray. But that is the book where she finds out that her parents are rebels and her and that, just kind of grappling with it.
2: And that, and they would know that that would come around and they, and they would probably know that she would want to be a rebel too. So they would probably, you know, they probably deal with that as much as it was just probably get a, you know, trainer. And, uh, but this has like, this is, this, this is the thi- This, this is the, the, uh, an important lesson for little Leia and, 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 There's a lot of like really important like lines in this, and this has the first one, which is uh, when when Obi Wan snaps at her and tells her all people aren't good, you know, and uh, and uh, but she also learns that as an object lesson in this episode, you know. Why Obi-Wan would be paranoid. Because there are people out, like, ready to screw him over, you know. The mole guy seemed nice, you know. Who would have known It yeah. would have been a little goose-stepping mole man.
1: I but. I have a note kind of in this vein, so I'm going to slide in here. I do, like, because, like, most of the time, Leia's been right. Like, she was like, we need to trust Haja. That was right. She's like, I like, ta- I t- like Tala. She's right. Uh-huh. So... I do think there is something to be said of Leia's childlike over optimism and trusting everyone because she's trusting people before writing them off, which is a hard way to live because you're constantly putting yourself out there and sometimes you get hurt, like in the case of Freck. But put that in context with Obi-Wan on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. He's not trusting anyone. He is pessimistic. He's not trusting anyone. So I like that kind of this is a course of him learning to meet her in the middle. And well,
2: him not trusting anyone is the what is the way they if if they would have if they would have just stuck with it a little while longer, she
3: would have That
1: is that is one of my notes <laughs> Because I'll go ahead and do that one now too. Because if he actually fucking trusted Haja and waited, the rest of this episode wouldn't have happened.
2: Yeah, so the, in, in the, the second she up, up. showed up and shot those stormtroopers, it's just like, oh, he wasn't bullshitting me. And then when he gets to the safe how- room, then he's like, oh, this guy's part of this, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy that I thought was a total charlatan, who was a total, was a charlatan, was also, like, part of this, though. You, you know, he was charlataning for this. And uh, so, yeah, so they both have a lesson to learn from it, but, like... You know, definitely Leia's getting her lessons on like be be careful and learn to like really learn to read the room before you start like doing stuff. She's she's getting important lessons from this that will come hand in handy when she's part of the rebellion.
1: And it's also a little lesson of don't always write everybody off though right away. Like you have to read the room, but you also don't really know somebody on the surface.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that's like. I mean, that's like Star Wars through and through, you know, that's like one of the major, you know, just, you know, you know, who, who, you know, and, and they don't always, and, and, and to Star Wars credit, they always don't have the people be trustworthy, you know, cause you gotta have, you gotta have some traitors in the plot or, you know, people who aren't, but yeah, it, that's a very Star Wars force type of, type of thing um my i I only i have some surface notes um uh this has the cheapest moment in the show when they turn off the when they turn off the uh force field instead of just walking around it and uh
1: I do like, though, it's a badass moment when that trooper falls and gets sliced in half.
2: It is. It's a little gratuitous, but it's not bad. But, like, yeah, they could have just walked or, they could have just been like, okay, we'll just walk around this force field, you know, instead of having to, like, figure out how to turn it off. You know, go through the whole thing of shooting it and and turning it off. But, uh, whatever. Um. Uh, I I, uh, I, like the basically, Obi-Wan just going, I wish I was your daddy. <laughs> because there's always been that like was Obi-Wan did Obi-Wan have some sort of like, you know, have some sort of vibes with uh
1: Padmé with, with Padme. Oh, that like, is a whole fan theory.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I I mean it's just getting stoked with this, you know. He's just like, "Yes, I yeah, I wish I wish I was your dad, but <laughs> Your dad is, as Hope Mulinex says, a, a a a garbage man. He's a garbage man.
1: Gets stuck in a toaster.
2: He's <laughs> a piece of toast, your dad, and he doesn't have Jesus burned on his chest. He's got Palpatine, who's not oh also kind of toasty. He's a little toasty too. But um. He
1: doesn't got Jesus on his chest. <laughs>
2: Uh, there's a nice fake Wilhelm scream with one of the troopers falling falling to his death. That's not a Wilhelm scream, but it's very similar. I think they're trying to put a new get a new Wilhelm out there just to, to freshen things up. And I hope we never ever ever hear about Obi Wan's brother again. I hope that does not become a thing.
1: It's funny because I have a note that like that's a fanfic writer's dream to get snippets like that. Yeah. But it is I I feel like that is a realm of just like
2: to I, hang out and fanfic. Throw it with the Metaclorians. I don't care. I don't want I don't want Obi Wans, but bro- I don't want, you know.
1: They're very careful to keep it open though. He said, I remember a baby, maybe it was my brother. Like we it could have just been like his parents were babysitting and he remembers a baby.
2: Could have been a sister.
1: It would have been a sister like they were very very vague on purpose on that
2: please disney no jen kenobi jen kenobi yeah no jen kenobi please or what's jen, or,
1: what's jen kenobi
2: that's his sister
1: oh is that like in legends
2: no i'm just saying please don't do it Oh, you're nope. just making or, up a or brother right or, or sister. I don't want uh, whatever baby he saw. I don't want it to be Jen Kenobi. I don't want it. To I be, was
1: I was thinking. I Jen, don't want like, it to
2: be Jim Kenobi either.
1: I was thinking Jen, like G E N, like generations. No, and I sure, thought you were saying. Jennifer I thought Kenobi. you were saying. I thought you were saying like no generations of Kenobis.
2: Gen Gen X Kenobi.
1: Gen <laughs> Boomer Kenobi.
2: I don't. Yeah. I don't want Sophie Wan Kenobi or or Bobby Ray Kenobi or whatever his brother's name would be. Uh, yeah yeah. But now that I say that it'll turn out to be one of my favorite characters 5 years from now. Right. Other that I'm saying Disney, I don't want it. But that's all I really got for Act 2. I like Act 2 really. Act 2 was just just in general, I think Act 2 that had some the cheesiest of execution in this episode but the the writing was was spot on
1: this is my favorite act (laughs) um to get my like little notes out of the way um i love that the show is still continuing to continuing to say padme writes um and it's remembering padme and her important place in the skywalker saga and I've always been a little on the fence about Leia being like, I remember my mom, because logically speaking, you know, she was five minutes old. Um, But I I like to kind of like say, like, maybe she remembers her through the Force or whatever. I don't know. You can explain that away in a bajillion ways. But Obi-Wan also makes the best grandfather. And I know I said that last week, but he would. Um, But I... I want to talk about most okay, my uh, my other thing, my other kind of bullshitty note before I get into the, my main note. So about the name Luma, right? I I mentioned, I previewed this a couple weeks ago about the name Luma and how it bothers me, and it's for a really stupid reason of why it bothers me. But a Luma in the video game Super Mario Galaxy, uh-huh. they're actually a race of stars. Uh And so they're sentient stars. And so, and they're all called the Luma. And so I'm wondering if somebody on set was just like, oh, I'm a a fan fan. of of Super Mario Galaxy. They're also star creatures. This is Star Wars. Haha. Maybe that maybe that's a little wink to that. I, I would actually wonder that. But the reason I can't take this name seriously is my own fucking fault. Because whenever I went to whenever I played Super Mario Galaxy growing up. You would go up to one of the Lumas, who is a shopkeeper, and he would sing a little song. And I put, I made up that song to my own tune. So every time Leia's like, hi, I'm Luma, my brain goes, Luma Lee, Luma lap, welcome to the Luma shop. <laughs> In that cadence. And...
2: Yeah, it's time. all on you, man.
1: It's all <laughs> on me. And I told you, it's the stupidest reason why I hate this name, but it's all 100% my fault, my problem, and I live with it. But now you guys all get to sing Luma Lee, Luma Lop, Welcome to the Luma Shop every time you watch this episode. Have fun. You're welcome. All right, that's the end of my dumb notes. <laughs> um, So the entire scene with Freck and the stormtroopers is my favorite is probably my favorite scene of the entire series. I I love Freck as a really? character for what he represents in this in the grand scheme of the story because I think Freck's character is about as close to real world it, that's the closest we get to something like andor level of shit. Of, like, real-world shit going yeah. on here.
2: No, you have to have the majority of people be frecks in order... Or a good... a good. Well, Frek is actually, like... You need a, a good percentage of frecks to keep an empire going. Because you can't have yeah. everybody fighting them, you know? Or else it just... The, yeah. you, you can't beat it, those numbers. But, it, like, yeah. You need a, a bunch of Freks who are just like, ah, oh, you know, cl- trains are running on time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, to kind of set this up, like... He is an alien... And aliens have very historically in this franchise been subjugated and taken advantage of and put down by the empire. He represents a very specific group of people in fascism who haven't been oppressed yet. These are the people who believe in order and rules. And it's nice because it's not affecting them. You know, what's affecting them? Those dang rebels getting in the way. It's ruining his day. It's making his train late, as you said. It's making it hard. But the thing is, the Empire will be like, okay, we need Frex. And these are the people that the Empire will continue to use that and you promise him order and rule and promise to keep the trains running because they're still getting used to him. The thing about Frex is... Eventually, it will come for him. There's going to be a time where he's going to get oppressed. And that, like, it, it's going to come. And he just isn't oppressed yet, which means it's not, it's out of sight, it's out of problem. And that's one of the hardest things about getting people on, like, progressive, like, views and stuff like that. Because the oppression doesn't affect them yet. But one day it will. It will yeah. come for them. And... Well, yeah. And people like Freck is why, like, fascist movements are incredibly dangerous because he's just a normal everyday person who, if it's not in his backyard, he doesn't give a fuck about it. Why should he? He has to take care of his own self. He has to take care of his own kids and his own wife. You know, who cares about what's happening like four towns over or the next planet over? Not right. his problem because it's not in his backyard yet. Right. And that is a very dangerous kind of person. And that's why I find him really fascinating in this episode. And this is probably the most real world this this series gets. This is, this is like something been... I would see in Andor.
2: I, I've just formulated a theory on why it's perfect that he's a mole. <laughs>
1: because he rats them out.
2: No, well, I mean that's like right, right and and mole just has that sort of term, but he's not an infiltrator mole. As a mole, he has very bad eyesight, so he doesn't see what's right at he doesn't see the oppression right in front of him. I'm going to get really cheesy here. But moles okay. moles have bad eyesight, but also moles have their ear to the the way mole sensing is by having their ears to the ground. So he see he 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 can tell who the power structure is. But he's also a mole, which is considered, like, a pest. But at the same time, maybe maybe he was treated really crappy on this planet, you know, before. He's sort of a lowly worker, and the the, the stormtroopers are nice and buddy up with him. So, yeah, he's very, very mole-like.
1: Oh, yeah. So, I just, I I, I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think that's actually really good analogy, Chris. Um... But yeah, like I, I love Freck and what he represents. And when I say I love, like I love to hate him, because I think he's a very well written character and he's very poignant in the middle of this like fever dream of a show. And he is, and like that whole scene with the stormtroopers as well. To see how friendly he is, to see the way that like they trust him, they know who he is, they know him by first name. They're like, hey, Freck, thanks for the ride. He's helping him out. Yeah, and they're like, bye, Freck. And when he gets out and like they're asking about his day, they're like, How are you how are you doing today? And he's like, Oh, the core that's another line too. The 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 oppression is starting to come because and but he hasn't realized it yet. Because when Obi-Wan's talking to Leia, he's like, Mapuzo used to have fields and farms and families, and I, I barely recognize that it's drying up. And when the stormtroopers ask Freck, how is your day? he answers with Oh, the quarry is gonna is drying up, we're gonna have to dig again. So you're starting to see those effects, and yeah. eventually he's gonna run out of quarries to dig in. And that's oh, when he's a
2: mole, he's a digger too.
1: Yeah. And so when that all the quarries run out, and then the oppression like the and the empire don't have use for him anymore that's when he's gonna get oppressed but until then he's just a cog in the machine and he's very happy with his place
2: yeah he might i i I, i'm betting that he didn't he wasn't even from this world that he was probably just like a uh you know a a imperial contractor you know they and they brought him over because they probably brought a bunch of people from mole planet over because they're good at digging (laughs) digging up the stuff
1: yeah but, and
2: it's always better to have someone dig up somebody else's world, <laughs> you know, than their own world,
1: but that reveal of the flag on the back of the truck, that is the most chilling moment of this episode. It said so much without saying anything at all. and i I, I know that feeling of uh, i actually I was reading someone's story. About it, about writing with, like, it was, like, two people of color writing with an Uber driver who had, like, anti-Black Lives Matters things on their truck. And they were just, like, don't say anything. Let's just get fucking home safe. We're, we're not even going to engage and talk with this guy. And, like, it's, uh, you know, not to get, to like, super political, because, but, like, I, I've been that way. Like, when I've seen, like, anti-trans bumper stickers or, like, you know, like, fuck the woke media Like, signs and bumper stickers on cars, like, that's chilling, because I know those people. I know, like, if they actually got to know me, they would throw me under a bus in in an instant. And it's it's so chilling to see that flag, because Obi-Wan is automatically aware that they are not safe. And this is not a safe place to be, but they're in it now, and they have to make the best of it. So I, I love everything from the moment that they meet Freck to the fight. Like, that is my favorite scene in this entire show. It's so good. It's so poignant. And it's so real. And it's the most real world this show gets. And I was not expecting it. <laughs> and this, like, because this show has been like, oh, character study, drama, like, get, like working through trauma and pain and blah blah blah. And then they just drop this like real world nugget right in the middle <laughs> of the show. I, I think
2: I, I, almost think I almost I think this is well written, and I think that like if it is well written, they almost have to because you have to lay those seeds in Leia's head. And it also was it, it also was good world building for andor which was coming out which is coming out next as uh, in a few weeks in another month
3: yeah we on j guys and
2: jedi yeah but like this there's a lot of stuff that's re- that's it's it's in its own feel it's it doesn't feel like it's presented in andor because andor has its own own sort of tone but it's 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 gear it's it's gearing up that stuff you know, it's 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 gearing up those ideas that you're gonna see in Andor which you have to because we're in that time period of re- we're of the formation of the rebellion, and not even as much, not even as much in the time of Obi Wan, but they're showing the you know the the beginning of like any kind of link to <laughs> you know not the Empire. So yeah, I I like it too
1: that's the point like i like that he
2: had i like that they they gave him a very friendly engaging voice you know working yeah, class zach Braff. voice
1: zach braff's a comedian he's a very like like i know he's it's
2: I, I thought it was i when i first heard it i thought the first time i saw it i thought it was that guy uh, seth rogan he has that same sort of voice that like cartoon bear voice except it's a cartoon mole
1: I actually did think it was Seth Rogen the first time I watched it. And so like I when I looked it up and I saw that I was back, like, I was like, oh, it's the guy from Scrubs. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I actually he does sound a lot like Seth Rogen in this because yeah. I, I did remember the first time I watched this. I thought it was Seth Rogen. But you know, that's a good point about the tone and I think that's why it sticks out so much because I feel like if we got something like Freck and Andor, it would just be like one of many scenes and not stick stand out as much. But because yeah, that's- no
2: Andor that Andor has that vibe going all the time on Eleven. So yeah.
1: Yeah, but and and this does not have that vibe, so that's why it stands out so much in this in this show because it is a it is an andor vibe yeah. in the middle of you know of- they, they they
2: they also in this episode they're illustrating how quickly the net pulls in on Obi Wan how hard it is for him to stay low key
1: <laughs> lucky <laughs> anyway that's all I had for Act Two did you have anything else
2: No, let's uh. Let's wrap this. Uh, um, let's try to wrap this giant mover droid up, but I don't know if we can.
1: Oh, he's the sweetest baby. I love him. Anyway, Act Three. He's so,
2: Slingblade.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Have you ever seen Slingblade?
1: How many times have I ever actually said yes? I've seen a movie.
2: Yeah. No. He's a, he's the lead character. When he has that when he has that hammer and he's just waiting. Am I going to have to hammer? Go okay, just droid (laughs) Anyway, those that have seen Slingblade will know
1: Someone is like, ha ha ha, Chris is the best
2: (laughs) Droid likes taters
1: So, act three The so-called Imperial officer is Tala Who is hands down probably the coolest character in this show That is not up for debate I will fight you She's the best, and we moved on way too fast as a fandom from Tala because she's amazing. And you, you know, it turns out if Obi Wan wasn't all like, "Oh, what was me, Haja, fucked us over," it would have been fine because she was on her way to get them, and she got there, and she is like, "Where the." fuck are they? Because he didn't trust her, he didn't trust Haja, and the reason that everything happens from here on out is because Obi-Wan didn't have a leap of faith. And uh, Taja's like, uh, Taja, Taja, that's uh, Haja and Tala's ship name now, Uh, Tala is like, hold up, I'm gonna take you to a safe house, I need to make sure it's safe. And she runs off. And Leia is now full child mode, and she's like, I'm sorry, I got us, like, almost caught and stuff, and I watched people die in front of me, and it was really scary, and I just really wanna go home. And Ben's like, I will get you home, you're gonna be fine, you're doing great, sweetie. And they need to lay low for a while, so Tala brings them to a safe house, where they meet Ned B, and Ned is the sweetest baby. He is I just want to give him a big old hug. He's a big sweet boy and I just want to hug him and he's great. And they reveal that there is a back of the room in the safe house and they go both they all go back there and it has carvings on the wall from all the Jedi who has passed through that survived. And this whole operation is called the path and the path helps four sensitive people get to safety. And everyone is stunned. He's just like, oh my god, look at everybody who survived. I-, I thought I was alone. And then he stops and he comes over and he's just like, Quinlan Voss? The really surfer dude I worked with in Hunt for Zero? And we watched Zero the Hut die and then we fought Cad Bane? My friend Quinlan? Really? He's- he-, he came through? And Tala's like, yeah. He's been really active helping us smuggle younglings because he's a badass and he has not been hiding away in a desert for 10 years. He's been very active, Obi-Wan. I'm sorry, what have you been doing? And he just kind of blinks like, uh, not not hiding in a desert for 10 years, apparently. I've been very active too, ma'am. But, uh uh-oh, stormtroopers arrive and they want to bust in the door. But, luckily, Ned B is a sweet baby, but he also can't talk, because he's a very specific kind of droid, but he is ready to fucking throw down with these troopers, because he has a hammer in his hand. And the stormtroopers are just like, Pff, it's a droid, piff, we have to pay no attention to him, he's not going to help us at all, he's stupid, and they're like, yeah, droids are dumb, and they high-five, yeah, we made fun of the droid who can't respond. And they leave, and Ned just kind of gives a thumbs up to Tala, and Tala just gives him a thumbs up, like, good job, man. But, since, you know, stormtroopers are here, and their position's given away, they need to get the heck and heck out of there. So Tala quickly changes out of her Imperial outfits, and Obi-Wan's like, why are you helping us? And she was like, look... I joined the Empire, and then I found out that it kind of fucking sucked, and it was hurting people, and I decided I didn't want to do that. But by that time, I made a lot of mistakes. So I'm trying to make my mistakes right again, and I want to repent, you know? And he's just like, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes, too. I have a feeling one of them is on its way. <laughs> and she's like, you're obi one Kenobi, you can't make mistakes. And he'd be like, well, we wouldn't have a show if I didn't, so... But uh-oh, as they're getting ready to lead through the back tunnels, Obi-Wan stops because there's not just a disturbance in the Force. There is a disturbance in the Force. And Obi-Wan is shook because he runs to the door. And it's Black Metal Daddy himself. And he's striding through the town. And Ben watches as Black Metal Daddy is just killing people left and right in most horrible, torturous ways. Killing a child in front of his parents, all sorts of things, and all he's trying to do is lure Obi-Wan out, being a big old boogeyman. So Ben runs to Leia, and he's like, Leia, go with Tala, I will lure Vader and the Inquisitor's way. Listen to her, Tala get her to safety, and Tala's like, right. And so Leia and Tala run away down the tunnels, and Somehow, Ben gets out, I guess, another back door. It's kind of unclear. He's just suddenly outside, apparently. And he pokes out. He's just like, hey. And Vader's like, there you are, Obi-Wan. And he starts following him. And and Ben's like, oh, God, this is a horrible idea. And just runs away. And the Inquisitors are like, well, I guess we'll just start searching the town. Fifth brother, you go there, Riva, you go there, and let's go go do things. And Riva's like, fuck you, fifth brother, don't tell me what to do. She goes off and does her thing. And it's time for Vader vs. Obi-Wan Part 1. Bum bum bum. And it's a big old cat and mouse horror movie game. As Vader is hunting Obi-Wan, and Ben is like, I'm just gonna run away from all my problems, and I'm scared. I have my lightsaber, and I'm a scared boy, and I don't know what to do, and where is he? Ah! And Vader like comes out of the darkness, and Ben's just like, Ah! And he's just like flicking his lightsaber, and, and Anakin's just like, Oh my god, you suck. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And so they are fighting, and Ben is rusty, and yeah, during all this, Reva gets to the safe house, and he fig- and she figures out how to get into the back, and she finds all the carvings, and she looks very sad, and then she's very mad, and then she becomes big mad, and then she finds the tunnels, and she's just like, "Oh yeah, fucking tunnels. And during the "Oh yeah, fucking tunnels, Leia and Tala are running through the fucking tunnels. But Leia's just like, Tala, you have to go back to Obi-Wan and help him. And Tala's like, okay, small child, I will absolutely leave you alone and go help the Jedi. Good luck, small child. It's like the one time Tala's not a badass. And she sends off Leia on her own, and Tala runs back to go help Obi-Wan, who is meanwhile getting his ass kicked massively. It's not even a fight. It's just... It's like the Terminator versus, like, a kitten. It's not good. It's all bad. And finally Vader's just like, Hey Obi-Wan, I'm not gonna kill you because that would be too easy. Also, plot reasons. I can't kill you. But also, I'm Anakin fucking Skywalker, bitch. I am what you made me and I'm going to do what I do best be a super dramatic drama king and then he sets stuff on fire and Obi-Wan's like oh real original Anakin and Anakin's like is this original and he grabs it, uh, Obi-Wan with the force and then just drags him through the fire back and forth and Obi-Wan's just like ow I'm very flammable ow this fucking sucks and Anakin's like yeah suffer bitch but then motherfucking Tala best character in the show shows up and you know what she does she causes a distraction shoots some stuff makes more fire happen so ned b can go down there and grab ben and take them to safety and anakin's like well fuck i guess i can't force jump over this fire oh hum i guess i'll just stare at them and watch them leave Cause apparently I can't do cool force stuff. You know, I put out the force with my the fire with my force hand 30 seconds ago. Guess I can't do that now. Guess I'll have to see him later. And yeah, so Tali gets been to safety. But oh no. Leia runs up and she sees the person that she's supposed to go to safety with, but he's dead. And she's like, fuck. And she looks up and there's Riva, and Riva's like, hey! I'm here to take you to a place. And Leia's like, how did you get here so fast? And Reva's like, it doesn't fucking matter. I'm here now, and you're mine. Dun dun dun, end of the episode, the end.
2: Remember when people thought Ned was going to be Wrecker?
1: No, this is new, like, from Bad Batch? Uh Uh-huh. Please Please inform me. This is new information to me. After
2: this episode came out, there were fan th- all these fan theories on it. You know, like we got used to them. Sort of, they disappeared for a while. So we're not used to them being around. But every time an episode of Obi-Wan would come out, it'd be like, you know, how many Easter eggs in Obi-Wan this week? You know, all those videos, one of them were like, this is r- about the right size. Could be Wrecker inside of there. This could be Wrecker, you know. Uh, it That's crazy!
1: Okay. I've never heard that fan theory. Huh. I'm all for fan theories, but I don't, I don't know if I oh, feel I thought that it was one.
2: Goofy, but I just—it was fun
1: mm-hmm.
2: and did not pan out. I didn't think that was gonna pan out. Um, I really—this is my favorite part because this—I mean, this is the juice. This is a part where, like. All this whole show hinged in my mind to win me over on how this, you know, if I'm like, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself like they're not gonna fight yet, but he's, you know, Obi Wan's getting his glimpse of him doing a Rogue One, you know. Oh, this town. is this
1: is not a fight. This is an ass beating.
2: No, I mean like in the beginning when. I, I didn't think they were going to like I, I'm like, OK, Darth Vader's coming into it. They're not going to fight, obviously, till the end. But, you know, Obi-Wan's going to get a look at him. And that's how it sort of turns out. And, ta- you know, when Vader looks over at the thing and Obi-Wan isn't there, but he was there a second ago. I thought, OK, Wan's just going to play cat and mouse and get out of there. But now knows what's up with Vader, you know, at that point in the show, the first time I watched it. And then when I saw, oh, shit they're they're gonna do it then i was like okay this is all gonna hinge on how this goes down because if this goes down and it's stupid it's gonna kind of we're halfway through this and i'm gonna be like watching the rest of this pissed off over this and it totally sucked me in the only thing that was pulling me a little bit out of it was just the cheapness of the set that they fought on but at the same time this is turning out to be a very character show so it's 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 better to have like we like we were talking about earlier the two characters bathed in darkness and with their lights the only thing you know just coming in and out of darkness so you didn't need a complicated set or you know it, it really shouldn't be like their last fight which was this epic you know battle across girders and over molten lava and stuff like that this is this is just like no frills and personal and and i like how you know in rogue one like vader comes out pure evil but it's 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 practical evil you know he's coming mm-hmm. in and he's evil to scare the shit out of them but he's get coming in to get something done so he's just like th- and he's th- like he's
1: f- the fucking boogeyman in this
2: yeah this he one is
1: this is, horrific. Perform- this
2: is performative evil he's going he's he's gonna show the whole town like i who who am i gonna kill i'm just gonna walk through town and kill people till i get what i want better figure out what i want you know yeah uh, the, r-
1: the one that does it for me is you know the dad gets dragged out the window and the son runs out going dad and he just snaps that child's neck
2: also, yeah, well, with Anakin, he doesn't want to see too much of that little, fam- you know, family trauma. So he ends it really quick. You know, he's just like, like, get that out of my head. I don't need that while at the same time being completely psychotic. But he's already he's already, you know, got over that hump of killing kids a, a little while ago. So um, and this has uh, I mean, when Obi-Wan has his lightsaber on and they're fighting. He looks crazed, but not crazed like I'm going to craze like he's He's so scared. He's been he's been up tripping on acid for five nights with his friends and drinking beer, drinking beer and hasn't had any sleep. And this goddamn lightsaber lights giving him a headache and still making him hallucinate. He looks just like his eyes are hollow. It's great lighting and great like acting by Ewan McGregor. It he 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 looks bedraggled. He looks like a drowned rat. It's it's awesome. And his eyes, his eyes just look crazy, crazed with fear and just almost empty. You know, that almost like, Well, Obi Wan, you better accept your fate. You fucked up, you're a fuck up, Obi Wan. And it's it's just great. And uh there's even some very low key um Empire Strikes Back not the editing like cross cutting cuz in in Empire Strike Back strikes back when he's fighting Darth Vader you know they're cross country cross cutting between two cross countrying, they're cross country skiing between two scenes and you know two parts that are playing out in this one they do the same thing where obi-wan sort of breaks a a pipe or uh you know some sort of thing that releases gas to like you know just set up as a, a temporary distraction for vader and then it cuts to the the b plot that's going on the other you know story that's going on and i thought that was really cool um my only other note is is kind of my, bi- my semi-big note for this is this has two of the important lines. The first line being all people aren't good. And this one has uh, um, I am what you made me, which is mm-hmm. Vader just like going for the throat, going for the heart at Obi-Wan. And it's actually kind of a lie but like it's 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 going to hinge in their next fight and it's just it's it's great it, i remember the first time he said that i'm like yes perfect yes that is what darth vader would say <coughs> and even with the like whatever ai whatever they used to do james earl jones it sounds really good it it's it's delivered really well
1: i think it, it's Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Hayden saying the lines, and they're meshing Hayden and James. And they're Earl and Jones they're running
2: him and together. they're running him through like a, a, a an AI of James Earl Jones.
1: Something like that.
2: Well, it 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 was it was really good, and uh, however they did it. And the other line is uh, Leia saying "Bring him back," which is just sort of thematic to the whole series and it you know and it has layers of layered meaning but yeah great third act you know had me going what the the only thing that sort of makes me wonder is i don't quite square why like vader let them drag obi-wan away he's obviously that that fire in front of him is but he he obviously yeah. made a decision to be like Ah, you know what? Let him suffer. I'll catch up with him again. Or I I do ah, think
1: that is the decision, though, because it's he says like flat out, like I want you to suffer. So if if I see him being like, you know what, I can make him suffer more because now he's gonna have to stew in it.
2: Well, if he well now now that we're talking about it, it's kind of obvious to me. He's reenacting his his trauma.
1: Oh, absolutely! That's the whole point of but, it. No,
2: but not just not just dragging him through the fire, but walking away, for, leaving him, walking away and leaving him, mm-hmm. leaving leaving him burnt and in in pain and probably about to die, and except Obi Wan's going to take a transformation back the other way instead of this the one that 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 Vader took. It's basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's showing how. You know, when we get, you know, when Vader finally cops up to like, look, I was an asshole. So it's my it's on me, you know, and and this sort of illustrates it because he's putting he's he's going like, all right, fucker, I'm going to put you through the same thing that I went through. But guess what? Obi-Wan doesn't come out the same way as as Anakin did, you know, so. I'm loving it. I'm loving this episode. it's 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 very well, very well written. I have a feeling this episode and the very beginning in the first episode are very much like what we would have seen in if this was a movie, you know, these would have been in part of the movie, you know
3: mm-hmm.
2: they they have that feel they they have that feel to like, you know, maybe these scripts have had. A uh, uh, more time to have been gone over a few more times and and you know and and tuned into each uh, tuned into itself because it's it's really nice. But that's all I have.
1: So, this this section has my nos- most notes, and one of them is a one, two, three, four, five, six, but it's seven part. Your favorite part, I know I have a lot of thoughts about that safe house, but I'm going to yeah. go through all my little notes first and my first note is Ned is just a sweet baby and I love him mm, mm, love it so much um I w- one of the things carved into the wall of the Jedi safe house is the the logo of the high republic and I just think that's really interesting because this whole ordeal is called the path and I know I can hear that Charles is about to massively correct me I'm preparing myself Charles please be kind because I'm rusty but it's fine paths in the high republic are actually a big thing and what paths are is they're undiscovered routes of hyperspace that a woman who is force sensitive can see so they're not charted hyperspace routes so they're almost like and the sad thing about this is they're used by the bad guys of the high republic but it comes from a force sensitive individual and so whenever the bad guys jump it's kind of like a leap of faith because they don't actually know where they're going. They just know what the destination is, and they hope they get there safe. Um, so I just think it's really interesting that they have like these high republic references, and like their name is the path. But uh, th- those path event- those paths used in the High Republic eventually become major hyperspace routes that they use in this time. So um, Charles and correct me in the comments. It's fine. Um, so I just thought that was a really cool, like little niche reference. Um, that's a big note that's, and my only other <laughs> small note I have is, The how it should have ended for the scene for this episode is really funny. I highly recommend it. I have not seen it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely recommend it for Kenobi because it does cover this scene, which is what I was kind of referring to a little bit of just like Vader just being like, oh, I guess I can't make it over there. (laughs) Um, Highly recommend anybody who hasn't seen the how it should have ended for this show because it's really good. All right, my really big, massive fucking notes. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on the safe house, and I'm just going to go through them point by point uh, slowly, and feel free to join me. I love this location. I think it's amazing. But it also is a big representation of a piece that Obi-Wan was missing in his life. He thought he was alone and isolated, an island, and that he lost everything. He lost everybody. But what I like about this safe house is he sees... Not only has other Jedi survived and thrived, he sees Quinlan. And Quinlan from Clone Wars is his friend. His friend has survived. And that the galaxy is also still good. Because normal, everyday people who are not Jedi are risking their lives to save light and life and Jedi. You are not muted with whatever you're eating. Oh, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nom,
2: nom, nom.
1: <laughs> At least when I eat my cheese, it's unmuted, Chris. It is a it
2: is a wheat Ritz cracker.
1: Oh, those are very tasty. I'm not a big fan of wheat crackers normally, but the Ritz ones are really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I, so I think that's important because it's not just that the jet like other Jedi has survived, so he's not alone. It's that a friend of his survived, and it gives. Obi Wan, something that he's been missing for a very long time, which is hope. And I like how it's used here because hope is a very powerful thing in Star Wars, but it's kind of the reverse here. Because up to this point, especially in the Clone Wars, like the Jedi are often a symbol of hope. They usually, like when the Jedi show up in a village that's being oppressed, they're there to bring hope to people and to save them. But we're in this time. Where the Jedi are the ones that need saving. So it's normal everyday people bringing hope to the Jedi. And that their actions in the past would not die in vain. They will be remembered. Their message is still there. And I think that's really fucking cool. That he knows that parts of his community have survived. That there are people looking out for them. And that they are are not alone and that they will outlive this and they will survive this. And for I think this is the this is definitely the turning up epi- point episode for Obi-Wan because not only is he at his at his lowest with Vader, but this is the first time I think he's had hope in ten years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so I I love that
2: it's the first tangible thing he's seen in ten years.
1: Yeah, outside of Luke. Yeah, but even like with Luke, like
2: Luke and Leia are tied in with his trauma,
1: and and <laughs> really I was strongly, say, yeah, like Leia is one thing, but like Luke is a an obsession and a negative obsession, and like that—that's kind of a point of his. Well, too, he looks like
2: that, little Anakin, you well, know. Well, it's
1: it's not even that, like. Obi-Wan is falling into the trappings of Anakin in in the prequel trilogy because he is using Luke as an excuse to not do things. He's using Luke as a crutch. He is holding on too tightly to that, that he is not letting go. He's not releasing that pain and that trauma. And a big part of the end of the show is he finally moves out of his fucking cave. He doesn't need to live 100 meters away from Luke. He trusts that it's going to be okay. And that's... Part of it is releasing that, like, attachment to Luke. That's the word I was thinking for, attachment. He has an attachment to Luke. And Anakin could not let go of Padme. But Obi-Wan learns how to let go of Luke to not use him as a crutch. He's still going to protect him. He's still going to look out for him. But he's not going to be attached to him. And I think that's the important thing. So, now, on the reverse side with Reva... People are probably not going to agree with me on this. This is just my interpretation of it. So the Jedi safe house for Reva. She walks in and finds the safe house. And she has a moment where she looks really very emotional. And then she gets angry. And I find this interesting for a lot of different reasons. And I think I wrote my... Hold on, I need to look at my notes. I think I wrote them out of order. Because I went back and added some. Okay, yeah. So wh- why I find this interesting for Riva Is Obi-Wan sees this and finds hope. And it kind of gives him a new drive. But with her. I think she sees. up a- What her life could have been. Because she didn't find the path. The Inquisitors found her. And I think being in this room. And seeing that. Her people has survived. Her community has survived. And she didn't find them. Evil found her. And I think that's what makes her angry. Because it was this chance of having this other life. She could have been a Quinlan. She could have been like one of these people to help. But she succumbed to darkness and revenge. And I think... and, And Moses Ingram makes a really excellent choice... That I really like her acting is really good here because, like, when she reaches out and almost touches the Jedi symbol and pulls her hand back, it shows her face. And Reva looks like she's about to cry. And instead of like giving into that emotion, she gets angry. And here's the part where people could disagree with me. It's all right, it's just how I interpret the scene. I think before she, right before she was about to touch that symbol of the Jedi, she was feeling a little essence of hope in the light side, but she is so steeped in her revenge that she pulls away because she doesn't want to feel that hope. And the only thing she has to push through is anger, because anger leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side. And she's, she,
2: she's lost in a similar way to oh, the way Obi-Wan is lost right now.
1: She is. And she is kind of like this amalgam of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Like, she's kind of in this, like, middle ground between them, representing both of them in different ways. And I just love that idea that, like, when she walks in, like, she could have had a different life outside of the dark side. And she sees this other life that she could have, but she's she believes, I should say, she believes that she is too far gone now, and her only path forward is revenge because she has she's a very insecure person and I, I think Moses Ingram like portrays that very well is she has a shit ton of insecurities and because she she feels like she's young and trying to like bulldoze her way through the world. And I think here we really see those insecurities come out of just like, oh my God, am I doing this? am I am I on the right path? And I, and I, that's why I love when she gets angry angry because that's when she realizes that, she she feels herself too far gone. She could have walked away then. She did not have to go get little Leia. She could have like walked away because she sees another path and she still chooses revenge because she believes she is too far gone. Which is the whole point of the final episode when she finally redeems. So, so even I, I feel like, well, she's not at her lowest point. She's at her lowest point when she gets stepped. But yeah, I love this Jedi Safe House. It does, it's such an awesome location, it does a lot for lore. A lot of cool stuff with Quinlan is a massive character beat for Obi Wan, massive character beat for Reva. Love everything about this. I
2: agree, I mean? <laughs> but it's cool. still not your favorite part. The mole man made the mole man made it for you, and the other one didn't. It well,
1: well, here's the thing: I can like I reckon I recognize how important the safe house is narratively for the story. It doesn't right. have to be my favorite part.
3: Right, right.
1: Like, it's, it's it's like the episode of the ba- of Bad Batch faster, like the tech driving episode. Is it the yeah. best ma- made episode? No. Is it the best written episode? No. Is it the best directed episode? No. It's my personal favorite episode, because mm. I enjoy the fuck out of it. <laughs> and I enjoy the fuck out of that Freck scene, but I think this place is very thematically important for the characters, so. For two characters, actually. Um... And I've been going on about uh, how all the characters that Obi-Wan meets is a piece of him. And Tala continues that. So here's the Tala line. Um, I love the line that she tells Leia. Where she says, like, yeah, this work is really scary, but it's worth it to help people. And that's very much how, what the Jedi are. You know, it's scary at times to be a Jedi. But they still get up in the morning to go help people. That's part of being a Jedi. But also is the mistakes, you know. Unlike Obi-Wan, who made mistakes and hid away, the moment Tala sees her mistake. She was like, no, I'm going to fucking use every tool in my arsenal to make it right. I'm going to risk my life using my position in the Empire to do everything I can and make it right. And so she's rep- a, represents, a representation of what he should have been. And by being that representation, that personification of it, he sees that. That they have similarities in common, and she is who he should be striving to be, and so she, and, and so like that's that's how that she is like the part of Obi Wan in the story is she is a representative of who he should be, and he is now going to be working to be Tala because she's fucking awesome.
2: <laughs> I think they got a little crush right there too, for sure. That's
1: fine. They can bang. I'd watch it.
2: Uh, it ain't going to happen, but I mean, uh, yeah, I think that they, they were sort of checked.
1: I know it's not going to happen, out. but I still can pretend that they bang because they're hot. All right. Uh... This might be a hot take, but I actually think that everything happening with Obi-Wan and Anakin actually adds so much to a new hope for me. This entire show adds so much to a new hope for me. Because, I, I don't know, I just love it. Um, but you, some of this is stuff that you've already talked about, like how Obi-Wan is so scared and stuff like that. But I wanted to point out a thing that Alex Damon said in one of his videos. And he points out that Obi-Wan has faced Darth Maul, Count Dooku, General Grievous, a shit ton of battle droids, and who knows what else, with no fear at all. But what does he do here? He runs away from a manifestation of his failures. He is not ready to face those failures and his past mistakes, which is why he's being so scared and very un-Jedi-like. And I thought that was a good contrast, because Obi-Wan has gone head-to-head with massive characters before. But here it's just like, it's Anakin. He's not ready to put that at rest yet. And so he runs. And I I just thought that was a really nice note, kind of to put compared between here and other things. Okay, you ready to hear me sound like a fucking crazy person?
2: Am I ready? Uh, Yeah. I mean, more crazy than normal? What episode are we on?
1: (laughs) Well, more crazy than normal. You ready to have what's probably a borderline tinfoil hat theory? Sure. So, on top of all the revenge and and Invader wanting Obi-Wan to go through all the suffering... That he went through and to like to replay that and blah, 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 all that. I think there is love in that burning Obi-Wan scene. (laughs) Let me explain. Because I know I sound like a fucking crazy person. Obi-Wan and Anakin love each other. They've always loved each other. They've been like brothers, Master and Padawan. Like they love each other. And it's why... Obi-Wan could not bring himself to kill Anakin. He could have ended it right there, put him out of his misery, but he could not bring himself to kill Anakin because he loved him. Vader has every single chance in the world to end Obi-Wan's story right here, right now. Like He had like 12 chances, but he is playing with him because of, yes, the revenge stuff and blah, 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 and wanting him to rel- rel- relive it. But I, th- I have to wonder how much is there an under belly of he might be like obi-wan in episode three he might not think that he can bring himself to kill obi-wan at this time because it would be because because anakin's never been good at letting go you know he couldn't let go of padme he couldn't let go of all these things and i don't think he's ready to let go of obi-wan this has been his obsession and his drive for 10 years and he's not good with finales He's not good with endings. He's not good with the finite things. We saw this with Ahsoka. He would was losing his shit when he thought Ahsoka died on geonosis. And he's screaming at like at Luminara, like, we need to fucking find them. And she says, I'm ready to let Barris go. Are you ready to let Anakin go? And he does not answer her. Obi, Anakin is not good with the finite endings. And I don't know if he's personally ready to end Obi-Wan and let him go in this scene.
2: Yeah, they give him a second. They give him a few seconds when he's seen him get dragged off and they light the fire. He's got a few seconds where he can go after him. And you can see he's sitting there just mulling it over, you know? Yeah, I mean, they obviously they they, uh, uh, they you know there there's there's something they're trying to get from each other, there or that or they need to get from each other, and they the they weren't they weren't getting it in this in this one,
1: and and I think that's the funny thing. I think the answer is closure for both of them, but for completely different reasons. Yeah, because Anakin's not really fighting Obi Wan in this; like he's toying with Obi Wan and he's torturing him. But he's not fighting him. They are fighting in the no, last they, episode. No, they both
2: need some sort of absolution from each other for, for closure.
1: And I think part of that on. is he, he wants to... Some of I think it's a rematch. Like, you know, he lost episode three. Like, he lost that fight. And I think he wants a rematch of... But the, he wants a rematch on equal terms. And, and Obi-Wan's not equal in this, but he's on equal terms in episode six. And that's a completely different context. So, yeah, but that's all I have.
3: Oh, wow! Well. Yeah. Well,
2: that was anticlimactic.
3: Why was
1: it anticlimactic? I thought it was good. <laughs> it just ended. Hey, <laughs> I, I don't have. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, not not
2: not really. I mean, I just I I really enjoy. I think what? Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Like, one of the things I thought was going to happen that is going to happen in their next fight is the shaky cam. And, like, in the the second fight, in both of these fights, I was in, you know, a Star Wars fugue just watching. And then when I watched the, the other fight again, I'm like, man, this has some bad shaky cam in it. This one did not. So, so I thought that I was going to pick up I haven't watched this, this like fight a second time and, uh, it was much more linear and, and clear. It was still, there was a lot of handheld shots, which are weird with lightsaber fights really. Cause usually I'm used to the camera being kind of tied down for it, but, um, it was very, you know, there wasn't much of the like mo- wiggly, wiggly camera and to its credit. Always here to bitch about the wiggly camera. Don't like the wiggly camera. Wiggly camera. Wiggly camera is supposed to be there because just because of humans using it, but it's not like it's not a, it's not a thing. It just means like I don't know. I hate it. I hate it. I hate when you add wiggle in it. It's just like why are you doing that? The fight has been for years to to. <laughs> Keep your arms as steady as possible and eliminate as much of that wiggle as possible.
1: You know, what if they just want to be an LMFAO song? Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. wiggle, Yeah. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. Sexy and I
3: know it. They
2: shouldn't want it, though.
1: Ugh. I just... I just had a flashback. There was like a whole like month and a half where that was like my stepdad's favorite song, and he would just sing it all the time. <laughs> oh, I love my 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 family. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, if you don't have anything else, then uh, score it up for me, Chris.
2: I gave it a nine. I really liked it. Yeah, that was fantastically written, and and really just had a lot of you and Mag- like that like. Like once it like once it so, sort of settled down and Leia's getting a little tired, the the acting the, like there was, you know, instead of him being Leia, don't run away, you know, in, in just sort of an action scene, there's they get to do some more acting. And I mean, you McGregor is just like a treasure of an actor. So it, it it's yeah. And they had good writing to support everything. So very strong, very strong episode, very strong.
1: Yeah, um, I actually changed my my rating because I was like, as I was talking about, it, I'm like, no, I put this too low. Um, it wasn't an point five, but I give it a nine, too, because at first I was on the because Hope was running late and she kind of rushed through this and hadn't really thought about it very often, uh, very much coming into this episode, because um, at first I was like, I like this as much as last week. But as I'm talking about it, like, no, I like this a, a lot more than last this had
2: week. a lot more, a lot more stuff to chew on and a lot less uh, and no fat. Not that, not that the other one was charged with fat, but it did have a little bit of just like running around and stuff. Yeah, this one, yeah. This one is this one is no messing around in this episode. Every everything means something in this episode. It's great.
1: I I would even tend to consider bumping that this up to like a nine point five for me. I really like this episode. There I like okay. everything about this episode. It's a very
2: good episode.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So nine with a hint of nine point five thrown in for me. So. As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, on the Tutor Fix Facebook page. Um, we're not going to be doing feedback this week. We're starting to kind of catch up on ourselves a little bit. And you guys know us. We like to give you guys some breathing room to get back to us. Yeah. And I actually, I did mention our good buddy, Bucho, did reach out to us. So it's always great to hear from you, Bucho. Um, so, yeah, we'll get back to feedback next week. I just you know, want to give us a little breather. So, yeah. Please keep sending us your feedback. We love hearing from you guys. All right, Chris. Well, if that's all you got, where can people find you?
2: You can find us at two true dot com, which is our website where we keep all our podcasts, all our episodes of Jay Guys and Jedi, and and all our other shows. Um, we are also on on social media. We are on Facebook uh, with the Two True Freaks podcast page and the Two True Freaks Cantina. And we are also on Twitter. But before I go to Twitter, I'm going to double this up because now we are also on. And boy, this is going to sound modern. We are on Discord. We've got yes, a we are style.
1: on Discord. Discord,
2: and you can go on disc and and we are we are posting all our shows up on that. And we've got a little section for each show, so you can actually go in. And talk to each show, including Jay Guys and Jedi. Hope and I have both popped into our page already. And uh, we're already starting to form a good amount of people in, in the Discord. Uh, it's, it's pull up. So basically, I don't think you can go to Twitter. I don't think Twitter allows people to put Discord links up on it uh, anymore to join Discord because it's competition. I think that's been banned. It may have changed. Who knows? It's Twitter. But.
1: We Just can like, send you
2: invites. Yeah, but but we, we if you request an invite, we can send you one to your email or your social media account. Or if you if you pop over on if you're on Facebook, keep an eye on our Facebook. Uh, people will I'm sure will be posting invites to the Discord regularly for people to. And you can probably you know you probably don't even have to wait. You can probably go look around and see somebody is some one of the podcasters has posted it to lure you over. But just like our Twitter, which is two true freaks of Twitter, it, uh, the Discord was made and is is currently being run by Gene, Gene, the Reverb Machine.
1: Y'all, I got a story about Gene.
2: Gene, Gene, the father and daughter team, Machine.
1: I got a story about Gene from this week. So here's the thing about Gene. We always say that he the is thing
2: Gene. about Gene. <laughs>
1: yeah we always say that he is the podcast machine and he proved it to us this week because uh, to you
2: I knew I've known for years I've seen seen it it, it boy oh boy yeah now you've learned
1: it was fascinating to see how it happened hold on I need to hold on I hope needs to pull up some stuff right fast I'm just
2: gonna pull up some receipts
1: I gotta pull up some receipts I know I gotta open this up um so here's the thing Uh, You guys know, a few weeks ago, uh, we shared an episode of for Light and Dice. I hope you enjoyed it and all that stuff. um, Because we had a really good time with it. Um, And so, I posted this in the Two True Freaks Twitter. I'm just like, hey... Or, or not Twitter, but Discord. I'm just like, hey, this is a little preview that's coming up this week. And, of course, it's coming out, like, two weeks later. But, you know, we record ahead of time. And Gene was like, I need to get caught up on this before Wednesday. And I write... I'm going to be sharing the first two the first two episodes of the second story arc and it's a jumping in point point. and Gene wrote, "Yeah, my brain doesn't work that way."
2: No, it does not.
1: This was That's not
2: how a machine brain works, hope.
1: This was 4 days ago. Gene in 4 days listened from beginning to end all of For Light and Dice and like just just all like I think we have like six 16 episodes or something. And not only that, he then went to the For Light and Dice Twitter and went through and liked every fucking tweet. And Charles, who listens to the show and is one of my co-hosts for For Light and Dice, I think Charles messaged me, and it it was either Charles or Chris or Nathan, but one of them were just like, he really is the podcast machine! Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, yeah! He is! I'm not... We're it's, not kidding. <laughs> it's that gene.
2: It's that Gene Machine thing. It's just like Gene Jean He's his namesake, Gene Gene, the Dancing Machine, which sometimes we play the. It's playing right now. The Gene Gene, the Dancing Machine music, and we we you know, that's his namesake. And I tell people all the time that Gene Gene, the Dancing Machine, is one of like the most beautiful things the universe has ever spit out. You know, of like, just positive, just positive uh, awesomeness you know like all that is good in the universe and and that you can't put into words in one thing and you know a lot of times people go oh yeah that's just chris being you know on his bullshit again but then when you see gene gene the dancing machine do his thing didn't you go that's uh, you know single tear to the eye Mm -hmm. that's the same with same with our gene
1: but I mean, I mean honestly, danger. it's it's really nice, um, Gene. Like we we've been sharing your comments uh, in in our for light and dice like Discord chat that we have to like plan production and stuff like that. And Gene was super nice. He shared both from the hammer strikes and his personal account. Like you know, like check out the show. It's really great. I really love it, Gene. That means the world to me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're liking for light and dice and. And I'm I'm so happy that you went on this adventure and you you impressed my friends because they were like, Wow! <laughs> that's <was> crazy. <laughs> and I was like, No, we call him a podcast machine for a reason. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was awesome, Gene. You're the best. I adore you. Hey, but uh, that's kinda where you can find me. Can I say Yeah,
2: where are you, Hope?
1: Uh, you can find you, Hope. Uh, you can find me at J Guy's Where are you? I'm right oh. here. I'm gone. It's a blind mo- moment. I'm gone like the skin on Obi Wan's arms from the oh. fire.
2: Oh, his skin was actually burning like an ember in one shot.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it was a little intense. Uh, you can find me at JGOZ and general on Twitter, and you can also find me on the uh, Discord. I'm I'm hanging out around there. I will say I'm I'm relatively anxious about chat rooms, so uh, I would definitely love to talk to you on Discord. Just know that you know I have to. I might not be in every Two True Freaks Discord because chat rooms make me anxious, and they have. I just
2: found out on Discord that you can share your screen and play movies and stuff, and you can. um, And I'm thinking about potential viewing.
1: And, and you can uh, also, like, have audio hangouts, so we could all just, like, be like, hey, let's all hang out at 8 p.m. on a Sunday and just, yeah. like, click it and join. Uh, like, yeah, Discord's fun. I just, you know, ever since the 90s, I've always been, like, like anxious about chat rooms. I just, I'm just like, I don't know what to say, and nobody wants to hear from me. I'm a loser. Why the fuck do they want to hear from me? I have a lot of anxiety around chat rooms. So I will be in the to- the J guys and Jedi Discord, but I might not i might be a little slow to reply because they make me anxious but you can also find me at hope Molinax on twitter um as you as you heard two weeks ago three weeks ago now and on here uh you can find me on for light and dice it is a podcast i'm part of it's a real play tabletop podcast and we're having fun rolling dice and getting our accidentally killing more people it's not our fault (laughs) Uh, rolling
2: dice and putting people on ice (laughs)
1: <laughs> I need to tell that to everybody um, and you can also find me at Dorkside of the Force, I'm a contributor for there and I'm a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle where I'm currently writing reviews for the Bad Batch, so you can check that out too So also go back and check out some of the views, uh, the videos over at the Geeky Waffle uh, YouTube page because I'm in some of those, like the Filler episode and the Velma episode and the Legend of Vox Machina episode I've been doing some more like YouTube with waffles so yeah, go check that out that'd be awesome, so all right. Um, well, it's part four next week. I kind of remember part four being the episode that I was kind of
0: yeah. was okay
1: on, but I'm really interested to see it because, to be real honest, I don't remember any of the hard facts here or there one way. But but I think it's I, I feel like act, episode four is the transition episode where like Obi Wan's starting to get his groove back.
2: Yes. So, yes, it definitely is.
1: Yeah. So.
2: It's a trip to the ba- back to tank.
1: Yeah. Back so. to the
2: back to tanks. We haven't been there since Book of Boba Fett a few weeks And
1: ago. it's on purpose because Anakin started the series in a back to tank. Yep. It's Star Wars. Yep. It rhymes. It's
2: all so. right. It's rhyming like crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. All right, you guys. We will see you next week for part four. It's
2: rhyming like Paul Simon.
1: All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Visit our website at
2: 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks Two is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com.
3: Ho, <laughs>